Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Darius Boyd story. Part one was about the early years, the challenges, and the beginning of the transformation. The story continues. Newcastle, good times, tough times, all rolled into one. The expectation for the club at that time was extreme, immense pressure on from game one. Looking back, it was actually ridiculous pressure. Mm. You know, Tinkler, Bennett, Boyd, here comes Smith and Scott, and mm. he, the Knights are ready to win a premiership yeah. in year one. Yeah, I think we were favourites, or second favourites, yeah. once without even playing a game and then a ball being kicked. Um, but yeah, it was a challenge. I think that's probably where I learned that, you know, I suppose I hadn't had a lot of, I've always had success and yeah. been pretty successful. I don't think I'd missed the finals in any year we'd, I'd played in my career up until that point. And I probably just thought it just, you'd hit the ground running. I probably hadn't understood that, you know, uh, obviously you have to work hard, which mm. we did, but um, there's different things we had to work on as a group. And Newcastle had some young players in the team and probably didn't have a lot of depth in that first year. We kind of, the players we had were the players we had, so you couldn't be chopping and changing. And you just had yep. to, uh, make do and I think that's you know why Wayne probably brought in some more experience in year two and we went pretty well in year two but yeah year one was a massive reality check for me is I had you know my life around the wrong way I had rugby league as number one mm. and family friends and everything else number two um, so when rugby league wasn't going the way I'd hoped and planned and, mm. and successful myself personally or the team then my whole world seemed to come crashing down and that's again I look on it back now a positive experience to learn a lot about myself and obviously change a few things in my life but uh, at the time it was you know, you know very challenging we spoke earlier about the highlights in 2010 the pain of 2014 outweighed that sadly early in the year a game we were both at your close mate Alex McKinnon was severely injured what do you recall of that night yeah I was actually injured that first couple of um I had done my hamstring round one so mm. I was um that was round four I'm pretty sure it was um so I was actually watching it at home oh were you yeah so I wasn't there so uh, it was quite yeah, obviously, we've seen you. you know, me and Alex lived together. Yep. Uh, Alex lived with myself and my wife Kayla for a year as well. Uh, a year after, so we lived together at the Dragons for two years. Um, and then when we moved to Newcastle, he moved into his place, and uh, me and Kayla got our own place as well. We were very close. Uh, our, you know, wives and girlfriends, girlfriends mm. at the time were very close. Um, to see it happen, you, you know, you never think the worst. You don't yep. really know what happened. You know, it's just people go off in a neck brace a lot, and it's a concussion. It's you know, precautionary. Um, but it was a weird, you know, feeling. And I remember you know, texting Alex <laughs> that night. Obviously, that wasn't going to get anywhere or do anything. Yeah. But you kind of just don't know what to do in that situation. And it wasn't until you know 
days later, weeks later, mm. you start to under, you know, understand what could possibly happen. I think we spoke to Wayne and he was kind of you know, filling us in on what was happening and mm. how he was doing. And it was just a, yeah, an experience that um, you never wish upon anyone. It was something that um, when you think back now, it's still something that I can't really still believe actually happened. I look back on it for differing reasons. Uh, it was a Monday night. Uh, I was sidelined with Fox Sports. I was in the tunnel when Alex came off, Mm -hmm. and there was something very different about watching an injured player come off. Mm. Uh, And and I feared the worst. I could hear the medics and the doctors and and training staff and and what they were saying. Yet on the other hand, I've got the director and producer in my ear saying, we need to know what's happening with Alex. So in a split second, I've got to make a decision and I said three or four times throughout the night, we don't know exactly what's wrong with Alex um, because the worst thing I could have done is the, uh, the reporter on air is say, shit, this is what I've just heard. He's got mm. no feeling um, because that alarms people and, and families mm. and, yeah. and loved ones. You dealt with differing forms of depression and, and, and mental desperation was this the start of a, a tipping point for you, seeing a mate go down like that? Because in an instance like this, Darius Boyd is helpless. Mm. You can't control the situation. And often something like that is the trigger of an emotional spiral. Yeah, I think anything when you th- talk to people about mental health and well-being, you know, a lot of people are you know, one serious hardship away from a mental breakdown. Yep. And I think for me personally, I probably had... I felt like I had 10 things, you know, I was seeing a psychologist at the time. I had probably 10 things to talk about in an hourly visit, probably every yep. three or four weeks when I could fit it into my rugby league schedule. And it just wasn't enough. And I think, you know, Alex's, you know, injury was another, you know, tipping part of that. Mm. Um, and I remember um, you know, going to see Alex when he was able to have visitors probably weeks, even if not a month or so later. Yep. And um, he had a you know, positive outlook, he had a smile. And that actually rattled me too because I felt like, you know, for me, uh, going, I was going through different things with my grandmother and the, and the footy club and you know, successes and injuries and um, mm. you know, my personality and who I was as a person and all these things I felt like I was struggling with yet Alex is in, you know, in bed, um, some had you know, tubes in and around his mouth yep. um, but with a smile, a positive outlook, um, doing his best uh, for a guy to be going through that yet I felt like I had all these little, when you in, put him in the comparison to what he's going through, yep. all these little things on the side what am you know? What am I? Why, why can't I be happy? What am, what's wrong with me? You know. So, yeah, it was. I think it was, it was really tough seeing you know, a mate going through something like that. Um, but on the flip side, you know, um, one thing that's great about the rugby league community is that, and they get around behind people and they really support yeah. each other. And you know, that's why you play the game when you're six or seven years old because you want to make some good friendships. Um, you know, you want to have a bit of fun. Um, and, I think teamwork, all those type of things. And I think, you know, seeing the rugby league community get behind Alex, I think the rise for Alex round the, the week after um, was great. Um, and then getting all the you know, fundraising, all the things that Newcastle didn't get behind yeah. him and, and the NRL as, as a whole as well, I think, you know, speaks volumes for, for the rugby league community and there's some really good people um, in and amongst it as well. A few months later, you manned up, not always easy for us blokes. So you go off and gets in the way because we know everything. That's how we were born. You manned up, you put your hand up, you said, I need some help. I can't continue living like this. I can't do it by myself either. That decision alone, 
you can now look back on that decision as a game changer. Is mm. that right? Yeah, it was the best decision I ever made in my life. Mm. Um, you know, people ask you, what's your greatest achievement? And it's probably putting my hand up and you know, going to a mental health facility in a way because, yeah, I played for Australia, won grand finals. I've done those things in rugby league, but, you know, it didn't mean as much as it should have meant. Yep. Um, and a lot of people, you know, even these days, you think about life, you think um, what's happiness or that, you know, that job promotion or that extra bit of money or whatever it is. And, and you realize if you get there that, um, you're still the same person. You still have yeah. the same thoughts and beliefs, and your childhood hasn't changed. There's a lot of things that doesn't change with money and and you know job uh, yep. focus. So uh, for me, it was something that I needed to change. I wasn't this happy you know, mm. kid anymore. I wasn't enjoying life. I didn't. I had you know a strange outlook on different things. Um, I just needed to change. I didn't know what I needed to do. I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I just needed some help. I needed some guidance. And I was willing and prepared to do anything to to get it. And I think that was the biggest key: is um, you've got to want the help, and you've got to be willing to you know put it into practice and and, and make change. Mm. Uh, and that's what I was willing to do. I pushed my wife away, my friends. You know, rugby league wasn't enjoyable anymore, um, and I didn't know where to turn and what to do next. And um, when I look back now, I wish I did it five years sooner. But uh, I'm so glad I did it when I did it, and not when I've you know retired from rugby league or finished my career, um, so I could make some changes and also just been such a you know, better space for when you know, retirement came. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend Series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. Brave move, mate, because you were probably the first or one of the first professional athletes to to put their hand up. Nowadays, it happens publicly more often, Mm. but there was really no one before you. So being one of the first, it was a daunting prospect as well. Yeah, I think think there was probably people before me. I don't know if there was anyone that went public. I think that was the thing. And I remember speaking to Wayne, um, just basically ringing him saying I needed help and uh, what I wanted to do and he kind of asked me if I wanted to you know what I want to do with the media because obviously it was going to be a big issue I was a three week I was going for three weeks uh, into the clinic and I can't you know um, excuse my absence for three weeks yeah. so he's like what do you want to say what do you want to do you know talk about an injury or something I was like oh I'm, you know and I just said I'm sick of hiding I'm sick of uh, hiding my life away sick of not being open and honest so I just want to that's the way I want to move forward is just you know and wow. whatever will be will be and yeah, I remember sitting in the clinic first couple of nights and I was, you know, um, watching the news and there's clips of me on there and talking about mental health facility and rehab and uh, other inpatients there watching the news and they're looking at me and seeing that on TV. It was just, yeah, it was, it was strange, but um, you know, social media wasn't as big back then as well. So yeah. probably, and I didn't never had social media, so I probably got off lightly in that in that respect. Mm. If it was, you know, to happen today, it'd be probably a different story. Um, but yeah, again. That was all part of the journey, being open, honest, putting my hand up, being op- open to whatever help I needed, yeah. uh, whether that was uh, medication or just you know group therapy, whatever I needed. I didn't really mind because I just knew I wanted to. I didn't want to live the life I was living anymore. Was it confronting? It was. It was parts of it was you know very confronting. I remember driving up to the facility and it um, it looked like it needed a bit of a renovation yeah. and an up up <laughs> upkeep. So um, it looked like an old school building. Uh, I was in Wentworthville, uh, Ramsey Healthcare uh, facility. It was, but 
um, yeah, I had a nurse that I still keep in contact with this day, till this day. Um, she just basically welcomed me in with open arms and basically treated me like a son. And like I said, we still keep in contact and I still bounce ideas off her and um, we still catch up regularly, which is great. And um, But after a couple of days in there, I realized, you know, it was the best place for me. I could just, you know, focus on me yep. and also understand that uh, this is normal. There's so many other people in there, especially when you go through those group sessions that um, – it's not uncommon to go through a tough time or be struggling and it's also you find a bit of gratitude and empathy pretty quickly when you realize that you hear some other people sharing their stories and yeah. for me it was about my grandmother and, and football and my childhood and um, you know, success and perfectionism and my mate and you know, mm. my wife and all these different things and some people have had some really, really big hardships, I won't say, but some things that are you yeah. know, a lot more challenging than what I was going through and it instantly gave me a, you know, that reflection of, well, hang on, am I really in here just for these things? You know, and, and everyone's situation and, and adversity is different, mm. but they're all individual and important to, you, to yourself and you've got to make peace with yourself and you've got to look yourself in the mirror every day and have a smile and be happy and that was something that I needed to fix, but it was something that I've, you know, after a couple of days, I've really... I felt a lot better about myself. Did you leave rehab a different bloke or did you leave rehab just a better version of the same bloke? Yeah, I think just a better version. Yeah. I think um, I just had to change my outlook on a few things. I needed to practice, you know, like I said, a couple of those tips and, and strategies and tools around you know, building resilience. Um, you know, I needed to grow my support network was one. Yep. Um, I didn't have, like I said, with my child, I didn't have a lot. I didn't open up to a lot of people. Um, you know, Probably could have used Wayne a lot more, and I've probably used him a lot more since I've left the clinic. Um, you know, practicing gratitude is another big one. Something that, yeah, in anything, any you know, aspect of life, you know, there's always something to be grateful for. Um, you might have to look a little harder sometimes, yeah. but um, you know, empathy, doing something for somebody else, you know, giving back was another one that I wanted to you know, take from the clinic and use. Having a plan as well. Like I was estranged from my mum for eight years. Uh, from you know, she was diagnosed with major depression when I was fifteen, and. Like I said, I moved in with my grandmother and we kind of lost contact when I turned 18. Yep. Um, and I had a, you know, a negative outlook on uh, that experience, so I yep. needed to make contact with her and make peace with that. Um, so, it was, yeah, a bit of a plan to you know, reconnect with my you know, wife and, and make that a priority, make her number one and family number one and rugby league number two. Yeah. And it didn't mean that I wasn't going to play as hard or give it my all. It just yeah. mean, meant that when I had a, a loss or an injury or – some hardship through rugby league that I was a, still a good person. I still mm. was a valued member of my community and yep. all these different things. So, yeah, I just learned a lot about myself and the ways to, you know, get around different challenges. Um, and I needed to work on that. It wasn't – I didn't leave after three weeks and instantly become fixed. Yep. These things I had to work out and I still work out. I still practice gratitude and I try to get out in the community and you know, give back and help mm. others. And I always lean on my support network. I exercise. You know, all these things are the core pillars of mental health and these are things that, um, you just get better and better over time and it can be the best version of yourself. Most important question of the, the interview as we sit here in 2021, how is your mental health space? Yeah, it's really good. I think uh, I've been asked a lot, you know, how's retirement, how are you finding it, yep. uh, what are you up to? And I've, I say every time I say, well, I've never retired before, but I, I feel great. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife was worried and I, I spoke to my psychologist and just said, look, am I meant to how am I meant to, like, if I'm feeling good, is that she thinks I'm lying to myself, yeah. like I'm, I'm making it up. And he goes, you can't, you know, make up feelings. If you feel that way, it's the way you feel. You've yeah. probably, you know, you've been working towards this for four or five years. Mm. Um, like you said, you, you know, practice those things around gratitude. You have a great support network. You, you have passion about, you know, the mental health space and the work you're doing now. Like all these things that you're enjoying, it's, 
it's probably just your time and you're, and you're ready. And um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I miss you, you miss the big games, you miss the mate, sh- the mateship, you know, Magic Round was just, you know, on, so you miss those things, you'll miss Origin, you know, yeah. but at the same time, lucky enough to work around it or be involved in it. Uh, I still work at the Broncos, so I see a lot of the boys and keep in contact with a lot of them. So, the only thing that's really changed in my life is um, putting the boots on on Friday or Saturday night and not feeling sore on a Monday. That's really <laughs> the only change. So I'm very lucky that I do get to work at the club and yeah. still keep that. My transition has been great and it's you know, flowed into different work for the club. Mm. So my, my environment, my situation hasn't changed a lot. And like I said, I've been you know, working towards this for a few years. So I think I've made that transition really well, really easy. Back to footy, three years at the Dragons, three years at the Knights. What's the difference representing Queensland then returning to New South Wales as a resident the morning after? Very different as opposed to returning to the Red Hill Broncos dressing room after mm. Origin, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's a different feeling. I think, um, I suppose you've one hand, Queensland dressing sheds, turning back to up to Red Hill or Broncos, you, you know, everyone's proud of you, everyone's. You know, was cheering for you, yeah. and um, you know, and, and all the fans are in the streets, and they're still wearing their Origin jerseys for you know weeks after. Um, in New South Wales, you have a, I don't know a little bit of just like a just a little you know smirk on your face, a little yeah. bit of you're walking a bit taller, walking on your toes, just like you know that everyone watched it, everyone was going hating and wishing you weren't going to score or yep. do well, and um, not I wouldn't say cockiness or arrogance, but that level of you know just um, you know, pleased and. Um, you know, and most of the time we had uh, the Dragons, especially being a couple of New- Newcastle, had a couple of you know New South Wales players in both teams. So you always talk about the game, and everyone be giving each other a bit of stick. And yeah, yeah it was either it was, it was enjoyable in different ways, and and we didn't win every game either. We won most of the series, but mm. we didn't always win every game. So they got their little fair share of you know enjoyment and excitement, and, but majority was um, yeah for us. From Dallas Johnson, who's been poleaxed a couple of times in his most recent Origin matches. As I said earlier, wearing the headgear tonight. Quickly across the line, Harrison on. Inglis with the fend, a big fend from Inglis. Steps over the 40, over the 30, draws the last line. And Darius Boyd will go all the way. Queensland get the first try of the night. On debut, Darius Boyd. Jonathan Thurston operating on the left-hand side. Prince to the right. And it was just a great fend from Inglis to get rid of... Firstly, Mark Yasnia, and then the position he had, Jonathan Thurston on his inside, Boyd on the outside, and the ideal start for the home team. That origin side, or era, is probably a better way to put it. Unbelievable, and it will be looked back for as long as the game has played as quite possibly the best side ever. Is it something you think about, something you're unaware of, or something you're proud of? Oh, yeah, definitely proud of. I think um, it's something I've probably, now that I've retired, you probably reflect a lot more yeah. uh, and think about you know, how lucky we were to be in those, or myself personally, but as a, just a group and to be mostly injury-free and, and keep mm. the core group of that team together. Um, a lot of guys played a lot of numbers of games just because, you know, pick and stick and we were successful and, mm. um, you know, really got a lot of, uh, a really great bond um, in those, you know, six weeks you'd spend each each year and, and some of the... My better mates in in football are from those teams yep. purely because I think you know with success and uh, comes you know I suppose that teamwork and that culture and that mm. really good environment. A lot of you know players had kids over those years and mm. the kids have grown up and the wives have become friendly and um, you know it's just a it was just a really good, you know good experience and Mel Mel created that with you know the culture and what he d- drove um, and then Kevy took it on those last couple of years that I was involved as well and 
you know, ex players around. It's just a, yeah, the way the media builds it up, the way it's, you know, loved and hated between different mm. fans and rivalry, just the whole build up, the whole excitement, the whole, you know, six weeks of it. Um, it's, it's hard to say there's a much better place to be in rugby league. As a footballer, where were your best? Wing, fullback, centre, 5 8. I definitely wouldn't say 5 8. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think fullback. Um, yeah. yeah, I was lucky enough to learn off a couple of great ones. Obviously, Carmichael early in my years in, in yep. Brisbane, and, um, and then Billy through you know, Origin and rep, rep jumpers, rep teams. Mm. Um, and as you get older, you get you know, smarter and the game changes. And um, I like to think, yeah, I contributed a fair amount of my best games at, at fullback. I mean, saying that, I, I was always proud of being versatile because, you know, if I wasn't able to play different positions, I probably would have never had a rep career. Yeah. Um, you know, Carmichael was playing a bit of fullback, then Billy really took that um, jersey for probably 10 years. Mm. Um, I took over for uh, 12 months while he was injured. and He went all right, didn't he? Yeah, Slater. he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I was always proud of myself being able to play different positions. I started on the wing, you know, played a lot of centre and eventually moved to fullback and then later in my career went back to centre, a bit of 5'8". Mm. and. And wing and rep, most rep games. So, yeah, I was always proud of my um, versatility and obviously also my longevity too. I felt like I, you know, I played a lot of games mm. in my career and um, I was very proud of that as well. You're a Queensland boy. You're a Brisbane fan as a kid. Playing against Brisbane in Brisbane, weird feeling? Yeah, well, it's always weird to play against your old teams, even when I played against the Dragons and, and Newcastle, especially when... The same players are playing. Yeah. Not so much over the years when they, you know, the teams change. You don't know the players like you did before. But, but I loved it. I, I mean, when I was away, I loved coming back to Suncorp. There's no better place to play, in my yep. opinion. And it's not really a away game uh, for most teams coming to Suncorp. Uh, that's probably why Magic Round goes so well because you know everyone loves yeah. playing there, and uh, it's a great place to play. Um, you don't really hear the the boos of the fans. I don't feel like the Brisbane fans boo the other team as much as you do in some of those suburban yeah. Sydney grounds. Um, but yeah, it's just a great place to play. I really enjoyed. It. Obviously, family and friends would always come and watch as well. Yep. I'd be able to spend the weekend here. Um, so I always really loved coming back to Suncorp when I was away. The decision to come back to the Broncos and finish up, right move on so many levels. It was a real full circle for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something I was very grateful for, and I can have Wayne to thank for that. Yeah, um, I just had a you know three month, three month, six month break from football yep. um, through my mental health journey, and um, you know, anyone else probably would have looked at that situation maybe. St- you know, steered clear, but you know Wayne was you know, happy to have me back in Brisbane he if you. I wanted to come back, and um, I couldn't have thought of a better place to come back and and start my, mm. uh, I suppose, my journey and growth of becoming you know, the best version of myself mm. back in Brisbane and where it all started. And I always thought I've had you know the chance to go back to Queensland. I'd probably have to go to the Titans, um, which again, the Gold Coast is where I'm from, but you know, Brisbane was always my favourite team and my, yep. and my spot. And I started there, and it's a better come to finish there. Uh, eventually, you know, you know, be the captain for a couple of years and then retire in Brisbane. Um, yeah, something that I always you know, be grateful for and I owe a lot to Wayne for that. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. You mentioned the captaincy. You were only the ninth Broncos captain. What does that mean to you? 
well, I cried in the press conference. Yeah. So it probably says a fair bit. Um, again, that, just the whole journey. You can ask anyone, yourself included. You know, when I started my career in my early years, you'd say, "Well, oh, that guy will be the captain of the Broncos one day." You'd mm. everyone would laugh and. Um, <laughs> put a thousand dollars on it that wouldn't happen so you know for me the, the full circle i was you know, able to achieve not just in my playing career but yeah. as a person um to captain the club that i wanted to play one game for um i think you know again something that still doesn't really feel real and it's a bit surreal but um i really enjoyed the role and enjoyed um trying to lead a group of you know young men which we had a lot of young guys in the back end of my career there but um it's something i really enjoyed and something i've always you know be very proud of the role of leader does that sit well with you because a, a captain is also a leader off the field yeah i think early on i struggled with it i think yep. and we had a lot of good players when I, my first year with benji marshall adam blair you know um, josh mcguire matt gillette um probably leaving a few out ben hunt we had a heap of um sam thiday had a heap of leaders in the team yep. so i've probably felt a bit uncomfortable a little bit and yeah. i just wanted to lead by action and play good footy and that's what kind of wayne said to me as well and uh, and I wanted to give those guys, let them do what they wanted to do. If they wanted mm-hmm. to say something, they wanted to do their thing. I was more than happy to because you know, I've never been someone to be the centre of attention. I've uh, cancelled surprise birthdays and different things. My wife will tell you a few times I've done that. So uh, I don't like standing up in front of the group and making things about me. But yep. at the same time, I'm passionate about rugby league and I know I think I have a good football brain and understand what works. Mm-hmm. And if things need to be said, then I'm more than happy to say it and speak up. So. But as the years got on and the team you know, become younger and um, you know, I probably needed to mentor and lead guys, then I was really comfortable and happy to do that too. I really think I grew into the role and I, I enjoyed um, helping and leading some of those young mm. ones like you know, like Carmichael and Lockie and those guys did for me when I was yep. starting. That's the full circle you, you do. As a player, when you get older, you help those young ones coming through and eventually they take your spot and you see them grow into you know, hopefully big, long careers for themselves and... Yeah, I really enjoyed that in the back end of my career. You mentioned the word press conference. We probably can't finish without reflecting on that press conference, yeah. the infamous one at the Dragons. One-sentence answers, bloody short sentences too. Yeah. In hindsight, how do you look back on that? Yeah, I, I'm not proud of it, but at the same time, it's all part of my journey. Yeah, you know? so I don't, exactly I don't look right. at it. I'm not... Um, yeah, I don't look at it in a bad light. You know, just one of those things. I've I've done um, some different speaking engagements the last six months, and I've played that to the, some school kids, and they all had a laugh and actually clapped. So I was like, "What are you? I don't know what you're clapping about. It's, it's not a <laughs> something to be proud of yeah. or something to uh, envy or um, look at." But um, yeah, I mean, a bit of context around that was the way I used to look at football. There's be all end all. Yep. Um, rugby league was number one. We played Canberra the week before. Um, we lost the game. I, I missed the tackle. They scored. We lost. It was at mm. the Dragons. Um, so I, all week, you know, I was kicking stones. I let the team down. It was my fault, you know. Blame yourself. How, blame myself. Mm. How could I do that to the team? Punish myself. Don't leave the house. You know, kicking stones at training again mm. the next week. And uh, the media manager said, oh, it's your turn to do media. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing media. And yeah. I didn't like media as it was at the time. And mm. And she's like, well, that's part of the obligation. It sponsors, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, no worries. And that's, I made my mind up. That's what I was going to do. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't look at it. Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. But at the same time, it's, you know, part of my journey. It's something that I had to grow from. And um, hopefully I can teach young ones today that that's not the way to do things. Do you wish you would have handled the media differently? Because it seemed to me many in the media found a real voice late in your career almost as a square up. Mm. Oh, I don't. I never look back and 
would change anything because like I said, that's it's just a part of my journey and um, I didn't know any better. You know, in life, you could wish you'd do a lot of things um, with anything really. Yep. Change to different you know, situations, environments, mm. um, things you do in all aspects of life. So you can not you can never look back. All you can do is go forward and um, the day when I made changes in my life, I wanted to be you know, open, honest and um, do whatever it took to be the best version of myself and if that come with you know criticism or scrutiny or a square up, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, a pretty positive outlook on life these days. And if people want to, you know, treat you differently or get a square up, you know, that's you know, I think I think about you know, good things happen to good people and karma and all that. Bingo. You know, I always try to make sure I'm doing. I have to look at myself in the mirror every day, and I don't want to you know, disrespect anyone or mm. do the wrong thing. And I probably did do that. I was probably a bit of you know arrogant and um, confrontational or you know challenging in my early years but that was you know i put that down to you know a lot of my childhood and things i hadn't understood and, and trust issues and different things 300 first grade games an amazing club a rare club in the most amazing set of circumstances your 300th game was playing against <laughs> wayne bennett pretty cool how life works sometimes no oh, it's crazy how it works yeah for well, wayne and Sebes to swap you know mid uh mid pre-season and end yep. of 2000 and um, 18 for the 2019 season and happened to be that in round 8 it would be my 300th game and we had him to play the Rabbitohs where Wayne was um, was coaching so I would played my 292 under him and then I was going to play my 300th against him yeah. so yeah we, we got towed up and I didn't play well myself but um, yeah to look back and to say that he was still there albeit on a different side I think was yeah it was pretty special Retirement right timing? Yeah I think so I mean I had another year on my contract to go, but um, yeah, I think the time was right. Um, moving around different positions uh, yep. under Sebes, and that was his um, preference and idea, and that's fine. That's he was the coach and um, had a crack at centre and did five eight, and then went back to fullback. So it was mm-hmm. nice to finish my career at fullback, where I've you know, it's my best position and yeah, agreed. Um, where I enjoy it the most, and but yeah, I think so. I think I've you know it's. It's hard times at the Bronx at the moment, and um, we talk about criticism. Um, you know, highest profile and sometimes the highest paid. Well, not sometimes, all the time. Those yep. two come together, and they they're the ones that cop most of the criticism. And um, yeah, it's a rebuilding team, and I think they need to probably just you know, stick with their young guys and really go as much as they can. And one or two years down the track, you see all these kids, our kids, that played twenty, thirty games, you know, being really, really successful. Yep. You know, look at Penrith; they've you know probably didn't have the failures that the Bronx have had in the last mm. year or so, um, but they you know, have taken some time and now they're you know, looking at un- unstoppable and they're all young, a young group and I think you know, if Frisbee can try and keep a lot of those guys together, then they can do something similar. In terms of footballing, what are you most proud of, mate? Oh, that's hard. Um, yeah, obviously the mateships that you make, the friendships, mm. um, the, th- the spaces that rugby league you know, put me into probably – Good and bad, but I learn a lot, you know, yep. over the years. Um, whether it's about you know the media or the sponsorships or um, how you know, life has worked, you can relate a lot of you know things you've learned in rugby league back to you know just the normal workforce as well. Mm. Um, but it's a hard question. But a yeah, fifteen-year career, very grateful for everything that rugby league's given me uh, on and off the field, and for different reasons, some positive, some negative. But I take them all as you know, either you know, some highlights or some learning curves. What do you change if you could change anything in terms of footy? 
Oh, these are hard questions. Oh, it's probably just to do with the outside pressures and yep. things that come with rugby league. And the, but again, that's part of part of the journey, isn't it? It is, and I suppose it's. But I worry that it's getting you know to a point where it's you know something bad is going to happen before we really look at mm. the way that we do things. You know, I think. Uh, that's probably all sports. It's probably all society at the end of the day. But um, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of, like you said at the start, there's a lot of pressure on athletes and particularly rugby league um, kids these days. And they are just kids. And, yeah. and I, you know, we try to put you know, good people around them and good programs in place, but you can't be with them every single day. And I just worry that you know, someone's going to do something silly before we look at change. Do you want to stay involved in the game or is it time for a footy break? Yeah, that's a good question as well. It's something that... I'm fine for both. I don't mm. want to. Um, I just want to grow myself in a couple of different areas. That you know, if rugby league's a part of my future, then I'm more than happy to be a part of it because yep. I've, I've loved it since I was a little kid. I was the biggest fan growing up. Watched every game every week, and okay. um, to be involved in it still, of coaching or in you know, mentoring, you know, whatever it may be, then if that pops up, I'm you know more than happy and willing to be a part of it. But at the same time, if if it's not, and I can grow and do some other things, and I think options is key in life, and that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Are you grumpy enough to be a coach? I don't know about grumpy enough, but I'm definitely. I think I understand people, yeah. Which I think is the way the game is going. You know, these days we had five coaches get sacked last year, which is yep in 2020, 2020, and you know, COVID 2021. You know, it's just crazy to think whether there's enough good ones, whether it's you know clubs just balking at uh, wins and losses, whether it's man managers whether it's too much you know um, content and analysis I don't really know but you know, I'm probably biased because I've been with Wayne for so long but and I, I, I imagine you know Craig Bellamy and Trent Robertson two other greats in the coaching arenas that I'm pretty sure they have really good you know man manager skills and relationships with their players a lot of trust and respect mm. and honest conversations and I think you know I'm learning a lot of that in the mental health space and some of the study I'm doing I think I probably understand that and I think that's a big part of coaching 336 first grade games, never sent off, never cited. By definition, the very role model we're searching for in terms of how to play the game well and fairly. Nine Origin Series victories, two NRL premierships, a Clive Churchill medal, a World Club championship and 23 tests for your country without a loss. But beyond all the achievements and away from the spotlight with the football boots still in a bag in the garage, you've matured into a wonderful young man who has learnt the lessons of his past. Your hands are full with a wonderful wife and three gorgeous daughters. It's been a pleasure, Darius Boyd. You, sir, are a legend. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you having me, mate. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Make sure you're following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. And before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review on whatever app you're currently listening on. It helps us as we look to grow the unfiltered brand. Make sure you come back soon, legends.